Assalamu alaikum en hartelijke welkom vanaan hier by die stem van die Kaap 91.3 en dit is die Caravan program. This is your Caravan show with me, Aston Kasim, and uh, coming up on this evening's program, once again we continue our series and that is uh, with our honorable, honorable and beloved Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams and uh, inshallah after 10 we'll see, we'll be taking your requests once again. So inshallah let us continue and uh, start with our very important program this evening and first of all let us welcome our beloved Sheikh once again to the airways of the voice of the Cape and I'm sure you cannot wait for the program to commence with him inshallah. Sheikh alaikum to you. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah I'm so uh, fortunate once again that I can be here this evening and to have my guest uh, our esteemed Sheikh once again with us and inshallah We'll be continuing our program, and that is focusing on the Salah, inshallah. Sheikh, I'm not sure just to give a roundup or a brief uh, summary as to what took place last week, inshallah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. <laughs> اللهم علمنا بما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا ورزقنا علما يا ذا الجلال والكرام السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته قلنا in last week's lesson we started with the salah in actual fact we looked at certain things the essence that we looked at at, at the, the clothing that the person needs to be covered in and how we should be covered the fact that the aura must be covered and the clothing must be tight and that we also spoke about the type of clothing, the things that you have on your clothing that can have an effect on you and on others. We spoke about the place and the cleansing of the place, that the place must be clean. We spoke about the fact that there must be some, um, what they call, what they, the Arabic word is sutra, mm. where you put a, uh, uh, um, what do we say, the, the borders for your space, for your making ibadah, um, as an important factor for all of us. We then spoke about the standing in facing the Qibla and especially towards that Qibla we then looked at the uh, Niyyah when you make the Niyyah with the Takbiratul Ikhram that goes with that Niyyah we spoke about the fact that the, the essence of the Niyyah wants to speak about purity of heart and that you might, must be able to do your thing for the sake of Allah no matter what the act is that you're doing Meaning, if I say no matter what I'm referring to, the ibadah must be that which is, comes from Allah and His Rasul, that you do it for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. Um, we spoke about the hands, where the hand must be, and then we spoke about the dua ul iftitah, the dua that you actually start off with, the recommended dua to start with the various duas that there is available. We spoke about that, and that brought us to the end of last week's program. Okay. So we said for this week, we hope to go into this, the what we call Surah Al-Fatiha. Hmm. Now, um, I don't know what else we can probably do with this because the issue that goes with Surah Al-Fatiha is so massive, Mawlana. Hmm. For the sake of the learner, the person who is new to this thing, um, it's, it's, it's imperative that he comes to understand all this. But besides that, the person who knows it, it's a confirmation on their heart and on their ability to be able to apply the appropriate things. So we hope to be able to look at Surah Al-Fatiha, but it is the highlight of everything in our Salah. And if I say the highlight, we will hear when we deal with the issues of what it is, what goes within that, of that Surah Al-Fatiha. Now the first fact that I probably could want to share here, Mawlana, is the fact that Surah Al-Fatiha has a double approach to it. 
Now, what do I mean by a double approach? It has a recitation approach. It means that a person needs to recite it. Mm. And the other side is the person needs to be able to read it. For this difference between the word recitation and reading something. When you recite something in the recitation, you might know what you're saying. You might not know what you're saying. Mm. And say so you could say something in Cosa, in Zulu, in French, in Spanish, and you're reciting something. But you could also say it in a language that you understand, mm. right? And then that could be recitation with reading, right? And when I say I read something, when I recite something, my, my voice is there and I can hear what I'm saying, but my heart might not be present when I recite mm. what I'm saying. That's a recitation. Mm. So that's, that gives me the one side. Whereas when I read something, I must have my full mental contem contem contemplation with it. And obviously that is how I consolidate the issue through my heart. I feel in the vibrations as Allah described the situation. And this with Surah Al-Fatiha in our life is such an important factor. I just hope to be able to share that with our community out there of the essence of Surah Al-Fatiha in our salah. Now when we speak about the recitation side of it, we find our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has or the Sahaba radiallahu anhum has said to us, when the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa even recited Surah Al-Fatiha in the Salah, then he has started it with the isti'adha. To be able to say, A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan rajim And, but they say it was not said aloud. Those people who was normally making Salah near the Nabi, those who was directly either with him nearer, and or those people who made Salah with him when he was making Salah singly, and somebody joins with him, could hear him say these words. Mm. Generally so, they could generally hear it. It was softly said that nobody else could say it. From, and that's why you find that it is recorded that the Nabi did say, A'udhu Billahi min shaitan al-rajim, and he did say, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Whilst other people said, who normally was at the, 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 the more distant to the making salah with the Nabi, those people would normally say the Nabi did not say it. Not the, it, is, it, is, it is a fact has been proven in various ahadith that the Nabi did say those words. But what comes very clear, these words was not said aloud. Mm. Right? And so we need to understand that. Right? The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did say, A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan al-rajim, and he did say, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. But the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not recite it aloud. Right? But then, starting with the Basmalah, he actually then started after saying the isti'adha and then the Basmalah, he said those two things. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa went into the recitation. Now, if I speak about recitation, I want to make clear to what I've said earlier on about the word recitation. And the word recitation, when it comes to Surah Al-Fatiha, we find our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the recitation has read these, the Surah in seven verses. And he has stopped after every verse. Mm. He's made a proper pause. An example. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. A stop. A pause. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. A pause. And... And so forth. I'm not going to do the recitation on the radio here for that. Mm. But I just I need us to understand that the method, the method 
of recitation. The best method of recitation is that done by the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who taught us and said to us, Sallu kama ra'itumuni as-usalli. Observe me and what I do, see that you try to follow that to the exact, the best of your ability. So we found the Nabi stopping after every rak'ah, I mean sorry, after every verse. So it was not common of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he ever recited, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim Malik Yawmiddin Iyaka Na'abudu Wa Iyaka Nasta'inu Dina Sirat Al-Muslim And so forth, right? We, the Nabi did not recite in that manner. So the, the method of, of recitation of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam after the isti'adha, after the basmana, is to be able to recite every verse with a pause in between. And that the Nabi came to the, the end of the verse, he, he, he prolonged, the, he pulled it. Like I said, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. This is the way the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam read. And as we say, he read it, this is the way he did it in Salah. And we find that this is the way he has read the Quran all the time. When I say read the Quran, when it's besides the, the Salah, the Nabi did not differ much in his recitation of the Quran inside the Salah and outside the Salah. It's very much the same. So, um, what we do find, sorry, uh, we do excuse uh, excuse us for that. We need to go for ad- ads at, at this time, and uh, inshallah, we'll come back immediately after. Please. This is a caravan program, and our segment this evening, up until the end of the hour, we're with our honorable and esteemed Sheikh, that's uh, Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams, and we're discussing Salah. Sheikh? Shukran Jazakallah we've we've just ended before the break on on the issue of um, um, the, the Surah Fatiha in its recitation. Mm-hmm. Now that recitation, according to the Hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, the recitation of Surah Fatiha is a necessity. Um, where the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says to us, if a person does not recite Surah Fatiha in any salah, then that salah is incomplete. It's not fulfilled, which means it's not whole. It's a, it's afghubrik, it's taken, right? Mm-hmm. So, not, so how can you expect it to be accepted? That's indirectly what the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi saying to us. That Surah Fatiha in recitation is a necessity, which means it needs to be recited, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, and it's, not, it's, it's no option. Nobody's got an option to. And the recitation of Surah Fatiha is not per salah. It's per rakah in salah. Every rak'ah, the quality of that rak'ah makes the rak'ah what it is because of that Surah Fatiha. And if Surah Fatiha is not being read, then unfortunately the rak'ah is not being considered. Because everything else means a, a, a major part has been broken, that whole thing is, is, is like broken. So the whole salah is not considered. Right? It's an incomplete salah and an incomplete salah is not an accepted salah at all. So this is how important Surah Fatiha in recitation is. Molina, um, if I probably can go to the other side, which I said, it has a double-sided fact. The other side, which I spoke about, the sense of reading, where I said earlier on, if you read something, it's different to reciting something. Now, you recite something, you re- read it aloud, you might know what you say, you might not know what you say, but you're reading it. Mm-hmm. And that's the recitation. But if you read 
And you know, especially when you know what you say, there, there's emotion to it, there's feeling. And it's very easy to understand. Like what I say to you, what do you have in your hand? If you don't know what I'm saying, you'd look at me, you won't even respond to what I'm saying. But if you know what I just said now, you'll be looking at your hand and you'll be able to think of something and you come to be able to explain what you have in your hand, is it not? Mm. If I say to you, where are you going? If I say it to you in, in a language that you don't understand, um, for example, you speak to an English child in Afrikaans, they say from, waar gaan jy nou? Hy gaat nie weet wat jy sê nie. He wouldn't know what you're saying. And he wouldn't even know how to respond to you. Because he doesn't know what you're saying. Because he, is, nee, he doesn't understand the language that you've said it in. Whereas if you said it to him in his language, he understands and he responds. Now that is what happens to when we speak and when we read. When you read something, you look at it, and it has an understanding, and you, re- you feel that understanding in, the, in, your underst- in what you perceive in your mind of that message. That is what we say, we read it. Now you could be reciting it and reading it at the same time. Which means you recite it, and you actually listen to what you're reciting. You're, you're giving, putting your mental capacity to that. And this is important in Surah Fatiha. That when a person, now it's not of necessity that a person needs to get to that level that I'm speaking of right now. A person starting with Salah, or a person that's new to this deen. Mm. Even there is a hadith of our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that indicates to us, a person who's new to, to recitation, a person who's new to this Qur'an, if we teach him to say Alhamdulillah, or Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, and that is enough. Certain hadith goes further to say, if we say Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, wa la hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al azim if he knows that, then that is enough. If he doesn't yet know Surah Fatiha or doesn't have the capacity to read it and doesn't know what it says. But it is not recommended. It's not accepted. It's not permissible to be a person who recites Surah Fatiha in a language that's foreign and you and I make no intention to be able to know the better part of it. So the, the whole Salah, the whole Salah is communication with Allah Ta'ala. It's a means of you speaking and interacting, relating. Now, if I say I communicate with you and, and you, and so you're your phone rings and you're going to go into communication, you pick up the phone and you say, Hello, Assalamu Alaikum, who's there? Uh, and, and the person says, uh, Moro. Hmm. Uh, or he says to you, Ahlan wa sahlan intamin. Manukalim. The, you would say, but I, uh, you'd say, sorry, wrong number. Hmm. Immediately, because you know, uh, this person is speaking a, a language that I don't know. And how am I going to respond? Hmm. You know, you won't be able to. That is communication. Now, our whole salah, Mawlana, is Allah the requesting of us to be able to have a communication with Allah. Specific moments in our life that Allah wants us daily, five times a day. We must go in intimacy, intimate communication. Um, the, 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 the English words that they say um, You must give quality time Allah is requesting I want quality time of you Five times a day I want your quality time When you are intimate with me 
I want you to speak to me. I want you to interact with me. And I'm going to tell you and give you certain things that I want you to get used to in your sense of communication with me. Right? So, that is what it is. So, Surah Fatiha is part of the necessity of Salah, which we've just said earlier, where the Nabi has taught us, we must make it. Of recitation is of necessity, but it's equally expected of us, not necessary when we start, but that we must develop to from recitation to reading of Surah Fatiha. So which means you could read it in Arabic, but you must be able to develop its understanding. At least this month we know when we say, A'udhu Billahi Minashaytanir Rajim, I seek refuge from Allah. From the cursed shaitan, from Satan, who is going to be cursed from Allah, um, because he's going to be destructive. I, Allah, I seek refuge by, by thee. And I have it in my heart, O oh my Lord, when I say, A'udhu Billahi min shaitan rajim I actually visualize my understanding and I feel it in my heart and in my mind what I perceive. And next month I can develop to, A'udhu Billahi min shaitan rajim Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. So as an adult, as a person who's Muslim for many years, I don't allow the Quran to be with me in the recitation. I know the recitation, but it doesn't give quality. Hmm. Uh, Afwan, we're going to go for uh, ads now at 20 past, and uh, inshallah, we'll be after this. We'll go, she uh, will continue up until 22. From Cape Town, this is the voice of the Cape. The voice of the Cape. The voice of the Cape. Our Salah program continues at this time and inshallah we allow Sheikh to continue up until 22 this evening inshallah. Uh, we, um, we were at the point of reading these verses. When we said that in, in, in reading it, we expect the person to be able to perceive what he is saying. And, and, and unfortunately, Mulana, it, it is not expected for us, as I've said earlier, that we should be having that, that should be the level when we start. But it's expected as Muslims and who realize we are interacting with Allah on a continuous basis five times a day, every day of our lives, that after some time of our life, we must have developed with Surah Fatiha. You can't be for 10 years long reciting Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen and you don't know what you say. Man, <laughs> it would be very, very funny. Mm. And then, no, 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 20 years. Yes. What about 40 years? What about 90 years or 80 years? And we find people that hold to this. Whilst where there's other people who just came into Islam a few years ago and starts to get it norm in their lives to be able to make it part of them, the recitation. And suddenly they start, and it's not long after they start to come to recite, that they come to re- ask themselves the question, what is it that I'm reciting? Because I'm speaking a foreign language. Um... And, and, and it's, 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 it's like uh, 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 something which I don't understand. So what am I saying? It obviously has got no effect on the heart and no effect on the mind. And so obviously it is a moment for shaitan to play with me. And that sense of true communication and intimacy is not probable, possible. Imagine the two of us were speaking to one another. And while you're saying something to me, my mind is drifting off to something else. Hmm. And this is the way I stand in front of my Lord Allah. Hmm. Whilst you are saying to me specific words, I'm not there. 
it's not recommended for us to be like that. Mm. Now, I'm not here to undermine anybody. I'm here trying to say to our people, it is imperative, no matter your age, it's imperative that every Muslim realize the seeking of knowledge, the trying to understand the Natikritis, and especially Surah Fatiha, it's a fart on everybody. It's not a sunnah. The salah is fart. The recitation is fart. The reading of it is equally fart in the salah. Yes, Allah will pardon us if I did not develop to that stage as yet, which I have made effort, not which I have not made effort. If I haven't made effort, it might be kept against me. May Allah protect all of us. Mm. And again, I'm not here to be able to, to judge anybody. I want us to understand, if I haven't been there as yet where I'm supposed to have been, then let's ha- hope that the moment of sharing here is that moment of realization that I must be able to develop, that Surah Fatiha becomes part of my norm, my common, my everyday. If I need to and I wish to be able to live another 35 years or 40 years or 50 years, then next year it must be totally firm, solid, consolidated. And I must be able to, when I say, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, must feel the emotions of my thanks and my gratitude that comes from me when Allah says to me these words. And so, we find in the reading, our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has wanted us to be able to look at everything in Surah Fatiha and to understand its value. And so that we can actually help to build that sense of communication in its true sense. For Surah Fatiha, in the words of our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is an actual fact, um, as Allah calls it in the Qur'an, uh, and Sabal Mathani means the seven verses is looked upon as almost what we say the summarized version of the whole Quran. As if Allah has put the whole Quran, put that in whatever is to as messages or as concepts of the whole Quran or the highlights of the whole Quran, you can actually see it in Surah Fatiha. And yes. I might not have the luxury for this evening to go there, but I'd like you to understand that what we see in Surah Fatiha and how we actually need to bring this forth to ourselves. Remember, this is Allah compelling, forcing, putting it as, a, as, as in no way an option. It's not a, a maybe, but you are compelled by necessity. You must read it. You must recite it and read it. It must have an effect on your heart. As I say again, not tonight, not now, not when you recite it for the first time. But it must become a reality as you go along, as your years go. Surah Fatiha must be able to, viol- to, be, to be vibrant in my mind and in my heart. May Allah open the path Amen. that we actually develop to that. Yeah. And so, when, when, when we look at the hadith of the Nabi, Allah calls it Sabah al-Mathani wal-Quran al-Azim. Some scholars of the Mufassirin says, this, the tafsir of Sabah al-Mathani wal-Quran al-Azim is wanting to say to us, it is a small portion of the great Quran. Some of them says that Allah actually puts this as if Allah says it is, the Surah Fatiha is already the great Quran. It has in it all when you need to look at that message. And subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And when we look at another hadith, which is known to be Hadith al-Qudsi, 
Um, hadith al-Qudsi is a hadith that comes from Allah Ta'ala. That Allah Ta'ala has given to the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. There must probably be here. Why don't you just um, give a, a, a brief understanding of what is the difference between Quran and Hadith. And Quran, Hadith, normal Hadith and Hadith al-Qudsi. And when we speak about Quran, Mawlana, the very message in word comes from Allah. And the meaning that it captures is from Allah Ta'ala. So the message and the, 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 the direct word and this whole message is, is from Allah Ta'ala. That is Quran. Hadith is when Allah Ta'ala sends a message to the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam takes a message from Allah and then puts it into words that Allah allows him to put into it. it. The word is hadith of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. From, the word is from, from the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the message is cited from Allah Ta'ala. And this Allah Ta'ala says to us in the Holy Quran, وَمَا يَنْتِقُ عَنِ الْهَوَى Muhammad never ever speaks from himself. He don't use his own. إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحْيٌ يُوحَى The message that is directly revealed from Allah Ta'ala. Not necessarily the direct word. So now, now that you understand the difference between Quran and Hadith, we can then understand also what is in the difference between Hadith and Hadith Al-Qudsi. Hadith Al-Qudsi is exactly like Quran. It's direct message, verbatim, word is from Allah, and the message is from Allah. Except for, why is it Hadith Al-Qudsi? Allah did not allow that portion of what Allah has sent via the Nabi to come to us from via the Quran. It was not revealed by Jibril to say this must be part of the Quran. It's a message which the Nabi says, Allah Ta'ala says, it's the verbatim word of Allah. And this hadith al-Qudsi about the salah, our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says to us that Allah Ta'ala said, now if you listen to the, to the message given, you can hear it is direct from Allah. Allah says, قَصَمْتُ الصَّلَاةِ بَيْنِي وَبَيْنَ عَبْدِي نِسْفَيْنِ I, referring to my your, Allah, your, our Lord, Allah, I have div, uh, div, uh, sort of, uh, divided the salah between me and my slave, half for me and half for him. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. This is a hadith. But the hadith speaks about qasamtu salah. But the word salah here, this word salah has a reference to Surah Al-Fatiha. So Allah Ta'ala in His capacity, which now it refers to Surah Al-Fatiha, is wanting to say to us, what is the core the essence of salah is that Surah Fatiha, that message, that, that essence of understanding, that message of what Surah Fatiha holds, that you and I need to have. And we hope to be able to expound that unto our people, mm. inshallah. So in the, what we find in this hadith al-Qudsi, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi said, Allah Ta'ala said, قَسَمْتُ abdi nisfain. I've divided the salah between me and my slave, divided half for him and half for me. وَلِعَبْدِي مَا سَعَلْ And if my slave asks me anything, I will give it to him. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Now if you look at Surah Al-Fatiha, you find these three components in it. The, the first two components, the component of one half belongs to Allah and the other half belongs to us, the slaves. And then Allah says, وَلِعَبْدِي مَا سَعَلْ The component of whatever he asked me, I will give him. Allah puts into Surah Al-Fatiha. 
the three components that we're speaking about that he looks at, 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 at the Hadith Al-Qudsi is if you look at the first few verses of Surah Fatiha, you find Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen All thanks and praises due to Allah Ta'ala, Lord of the Universe Maliki Yawmiddin Allah tells us that He is the one in possession of whatever happens the day of Yawm Al-Qiyamah Iyak Maliki Yawmiddin Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen I'm sorry, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim is the second one Allah describes to us who he is. He said he's, uh, the thanks he deserves alone, all the thanks. He's the possessor of the whole un- of all creation. Then he says to us that he is the most merciful, the most compassionate. And then after that he says, Maliki Yawmiddin, I'm the one that will be in charge of Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Hmm. So what Allah gives us is that three verses. In that three verses, Allah speaks to us in a manner as if Allah tells us who he is. As if we hear a third person telling us about Allah. Alhamdulillah. Thanks belongs to Allah. So Allah is somebody else out there. Hmm. So this is the way Allah presents the message. He says, Ar-Rahman. He tells he that Allah is Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. Maliki Yawmiddin, that Allah, he is in charge of Yawm Al-Qiyamah. So he tells us certain things about himself in those first three ayat. And then in the next ayah, Allah changes the manner of discussion. So Allah did not tell us about that ilah, you and I need to worship him. No, he doesn't do that. He puts it into the first person position. He gives us the full control of the next statement and he puts us on a responsibility of what he is saying and he says to us, We don't say, he, Allah, you must worship. He says to us, we must say, you alone do we worship. And you alone do we seek from help and assistance. So in his first portion, Allah told us about himself. And who tells us about that? Who tells us about him? Himself. But he puts it in a manner as if he speaks about something other. Because he wants us to take note to what he is saying. And he wants us to recognize he chose in Surah Fatiha to be able to tell us at the beginning about him. And then, because he wants us to be aware of who he is, and he must be able to look at our life and where do we fit in into that which he describes who he is with us. Because Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, he's saying to us indirectly, whether you thank me or not, only I deserve your thanks. If you want to be appreciative or not, if you turn your back, if you are careless, if you don't worry, that's what I'm not concerned. It only belongs to me and to me alone. No matter what, who does to you, I deserve the thanks. If your mom has been there to be able to assist you, to educate you, to teach you, to nurture you, then it's because of my mercy. And if the sun has shined, shined upon you and given you the vitamin D and the strength and your body becomes healthy again and you can grow, it's because of my mercy. If the moon shines tonight and you can identify what time of the month it is because of the moon, then and for that matter, the light it gives to the, to, the, to, to, to the earth, then for that matter, that's because of my mercy. If the wind blows, it's because of my mercy, your Lord. So no matter you do, you mention it, and if anybody comes and gives you a million rand, it's because of my mercy. And if somebody does whatever they do to you to benefit you for anything, then whatever happens with you and me is out of my mercy.
So when you are using technology, then that's the science of technology comes from Allah. He's the creator of it. And when you are admiring the scientific world out there, then Allah is the creator of the total science. That's why I say, Alhamdulillah, thanks belongs to Him and to Him alone. Alhamdulillah, Ya Rabbil Alameen. And then He says, He is the sole creator of everything. You know, not the creator of it, He never created anything. Whenever He created something, He actually makes sure that He nurtures it. He looks after it. He develops it. He allows it to grow and to benefit others. Subhanak. And it's through His mercy that it happens. And that's what He says to us in Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. He wants us to be aware of being appreciative. And when we recognize that, and you realize that Allah is saying this to you, how do you feel? You obviously will feel, um, well, am I really appreciative? You would want to express appreciation. He said, so how do you say, how do you feel inside? That feeling is the sense of reading. Your response to what happens that you read, you understood the message, then that emotion that you have and that you feel that you want to be appreciated to Allah, that is understanding of reading. So when the next verse Allah says, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, you see you the human being, you've got so many weaknesses, you have so many faults, so many errors, you sin every day, your whole life, most probably your errors that you're doing are millions and million times greater than any good that you ever will do. All your goods together can never ever get to the level of what comes to you from Allah Ta'ala. And so subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata, Allah says, Ar-Rahman my mercy will remain upon you. I am extremely mercy. My mercy is extensive. Mm. And that you can always turn to me and I will always be there for you. And I'm always showering and giving you so many things. That's why Allah says, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. And then Allah goes to the next verse and Allah says, I want you, you to know that you love your whole world in this dunya. And you do and you take, but I want you to recognize this is not your purpose. This is not if your cause. I want you to know that you take charge and I give you certain qualities to be able to live by in this world. But I want you to know that you will only have those qualities in this dunya. Mm. The one in charge of all the qualities, Yawm Al-Qiyamah, will be me, your Lord Allah, Maliki Yawmiddin. Mm. The day of your reward, day of when you... So if you've been uh, gracious, good, you've tried to appreciate what Allah has given you, and you've interacted with the world with a sense of understanding and respect with everybody to enhance everybody else, then Allah's mercy is going to be extensive on us, Yawm Al-Qiyamah, and He'll be in charge to guide us. But if we've been hard and harsh, and we've even tried to be able to, to oppose or to be able to, 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 to take from others and be in charge of others, then unfortunately we're going to lose out. And that He says, I'm going to be in charge of that day. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Yes, such important message. And uh, inshallah, Allah grant us that guidance to realize the importance of this, that day. Let's go for our ad break and we'll come back after this. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. It's the Salah program this evening with our respected guest, uh, that's Sheikh Ibrahim. And uh, inshallah, Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams will be sharing still in this last few moments uh, up until uh, the 10 p.m. news, inshallah. So we'll still be benefiting from our Sheikh for, for this evening. Mawlana, mashallah. Um, we've reached the moment where we said in the first few verses, Allah describes to us himself. 
and wants us to reflect on we looking at where do we fit in when Allah describes Himself? And where do we and how do we react to that fitting in? In the hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in one of the ahadith of describing this hadith al-Qudsi, it says, Allah says, when the slave says, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, or thanks and praises due to Allah, then Allah responds to the slave by saying, Hamadani Rabbi, my slave has thanked me. He's come to realize that he must thank me. He's came to the sense of realization of thanks. Now, this is where I say the difference between reading and reciting. If you don't think of what you're saying, you're not reading, you're reciting. Mm. And would you get the same response? You cannot get the same response if you don't know what you're saying. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say this. When you and I say Kozi Siki Leli Africa and you don't know what you're saying, the African child when he says Kozi Siki Leli Africa has an emotion. He feels the warmth, he feels the greatest of what he's saying. And so when you and I know what we're saying and we make it a necessity to take us from recitation to reading and we make that norm, then we'll be feeling the warmth, the value, the quality, like Allah describes in the Google and it will become an effect on our hearts, we'll have jazz an effect on of our whole bodies. May Allah grant us to be that. And so when the slave says, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, my Lord is merciful, he recognizes it and Allah responds to that and he says, Athna alayya abdi, my slave has given me praise and honor. When he says Maliki Yomidin, when the slave says, Oh my Lord, you will be the uh, 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 that Allah will be the one in charge of the day of Yawm al Qiyamah, Allah says, Majjadani Rabbi is given me respect and dignity. of what I deserve. But obviously these are realities. But Allah says that on the basis in the response when the person is not reading, when the person is not reciting in a foreign language, not knowing what he's saying, but he's made it his duty to be able to say it and develop with it its understanding and it becomes norm for him. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa then carries on and he says, when the slave says, إِيَّكَ نَعْبُدْ وَإِيَّكَ نَسْتَعِينَ Listen to this. Allah gives a response. Now what is the meaning of Remember we said earlier on, Allah changes the format of discussion. The first format of discussion is informing us of a, a third person that's there. I want to tell you about somebody. But the format of the second portion is not informing us, is instructing us what you and I as a role must be. We need to be able to say, what is it, what do we say? What do we have to say to Allah about ourselves? And we take responsibility of what we say. And Allah doesn't say, I want you to say, I take responsibility. Allah doesn't say it that way. Allah puts it immediately into that format so that you and I can immediately say to Allah, I worship thee and thee alone. Thee and thee alone do we worship Allah. And when we are in ever need of anything, we knock at your door, we ask of you, we beg of you. We trust you have the capacity to respond to all our needs. And when the slave says that, then Allah says, That is the oath between me and my slave. This is where I've told him about me, 
and he now tells me about himself. But at that moment, he takes an oath on himself. He makes a covenant with me. He makes an agreement. He takes a full responsibility on his neck and he's forever going to worship nobody other but Allah. And whenever he's going to be in need under circumstances, no matter how it is, he will constantly come back to me and beg of me. He will not run to the bank because the bank has it or run to the hospital or the doctor. He will not trust anything out there. He will believe I have the capacity to deal with whatever it is, whether I'm going to guide him to the doctor, whether I'm going to show him to the road or to the chemist or to the bank for tomorrow. Or where, but he's going to initially come to me and trust me. And this is what Allah says to us. And we need to take that oath. And so people, if you and I are in Salah, in Surah Fatiha, and we need to come to that verse. It is the very core of the whole of Surah Fatiha, which is the core of our Salah, which is the core of our whole life. And Surah Fatiha in the word, um, and Salah in our life, as Allah describes it, Salah has got that capacity. If it becomes a reality, it becomes alive. It is alive with understanding. It has the capacity to change our lives. It can take us away from harms and negativities and wrongful things and can guide us to what is righteous. From all evil things, wrongful things, negative things, all those negativities, the Salah has the capacity if it has developed within us. Where does it start? When Surah Fatiha becomes meaningful. When Surah Fatiha becomes alive. When Surah Fatiha is, is in our heart, in our blood, in our brains. In, it, it, it takes an effect into everything. Listen again, Allah says, we need to say, na'bud. You and I must be able to take an oath by saying to Allah, You alone and you alone, I promise you, I worship. I, we will worship. نستعين, and whenever we're going to be in need of oh Allah, we're going to come and knock at your door. We won't run anywhere else. Ya Rabb, may Allah grant us to be of that. Mm-hmm. And Allah promises, when you knock at my door, nobody else can give you what I can give you. And I will be there whenever you are in need of me. May Allah open the path for all of us, inshaAllah. And then Allah says, Wali Abdi Masa'al. And if my slave ought to ask me anything, I will definitely give it to him. Mm-hmm. And so the slave obviously says after this, Ihdinasiratan Mustaqim. Oh Allah guide us on the straight path. What's Allah doing? Two things, or more than two. Allah saying to us, I'm gonna give you what you ask me. He teaches us what we need to ask him. He doesn't leave it to us because he could have said to us, I'm going to give you whatever you ask me. Allah, give me the wealth of this world. Make mm-hmm. me a rich man. Make me the, gov- the person in charge of the government. Make me the greatest king. No, 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 no. I'm going to give you when you ask me after your recitation of the other things, when you've thought. But you say, I'm going to give it to you. But let me tell you of all you do ask that you will ever need, not want, need, all you do ask that you will ever need in your life, need as a need, as a, com- a, 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 a very important thing that you cannot without, it is Hidayah. You can have no money and you have Hidayah, you are safety. You're safe in dunya and safe in the akhirah. You can have all the money and you have got no Hidayah, you are totally lost. You can have all the position and status and, and you've, 
You've got no hidayah. You, you're lost, completely lost. You're lost for this world and lost in the year after for sure. Na'udhu billah. So what do we want? Allah says, I will guide you to what is a dua that you cannot without ever. You need it in your dunya 24-7. Not one split second can you live without it. You're in dire need of it. But you also need it when you die the day. You need it when you pass on in your cover. You need it in your day when you return to your creator. And if you are fed with that, it will save you for your success for your world, for your cover and your akhirah. Ya Rab, may Allah make us of those people. Amen. Allah forgive us for our shortcomings. Amen. We all have people, we all have people with shortness, uh, weaknesses and faults. And Allah wish for us what is best. So he says to us, I don't want you to ask me for wealth and for money, for status, position, for this. No, no, no. I say, I will give you. And if my slave asks me anything, I will give it to him. But let me tell him what and how should he go about asking me. So Allah teaches us how to do that. And he says to us, He says to us, First of all, Allah, guide us on the straight path. Yeah. He puts it into our mouth what we need to ask Him. Like, remember, we said at the beginning, He told us about Himself. Now He says to us directly, we say, guide us. He don't say to us, and we say, and Allah will guide us. No, He says, you ask me immediately. You are oh, big of me. Call me. Call upon me. And we say, guide us, O Allah. And as we've said, Allah teaches man what is best for him. When Allah says in the Hadith Al-Qudsi, then Allah wishes of us to ask Allah what is best. And Allah then teaches us what is best. And nobody can teach us better to us than to us taught to us by Allah Ta'ala. And in Surah Fatiha, He taught us the best dua of all the duas together. All the du'as of our dunya, our total, our total dunya, the best of all the du'as is to be able to beg of Allah for hidayah, continuous. May Allah grant us to be the ummah of hidayah and realize how much you and I will be in need of hidayah continuously. And that we make it a norm that we beg every day Allah sincerely as a sense of guidance. Oh Allah guide us on the straight path. And so when somebody say to you, may Allah guide you. Don't look at it as, a, as an insult. Say, thank you. Oh Allah, accept. Oh, ameen, ameen, thumma ameen. Ya Rabbal Alameen. Oh Allah, listen to that dua that may granted accept. Don't just feel bad when somebody makes it. Because Allah teaches. Allah says to us, you see, you can go off hidayah so very, very quickly. And I know how much you are in need of this. May Allah guide us, inshallah. And thus I say to you, your greatest need that you have is in that dua that I say that I'm going to answer for you, is you ask me for guidance. Because I want to keep you under guidance. Allah only wants us the best for us. He only wants the very, very best for us for every aspect of our life. Ya mm. Then Allah goes further and Allah expounds on that. Allah says, amta alayhim. Now, when, when we said guide us on the right path, um, we might not know what that path is, so Allah Ta'ala puts it into perspective for us. What is that path that, what, that Allah Ta'ala wants to guide us with? That path wherein is the favors of Allah. The good and the other of what we will go through. All our experience of life that's going to happen is only going to be good for us. It's only going to be favors of Allah. We might interpret it not as such. 
I might be seeing an interpretation of my limited views and vision of I see something happening in my life. I might think, but this is not good for me. But Allah knows and I see it as Allah says, a path that is paved only with favors of Allah. Mm. It's paved as far as my eye can see, favors above favors above favors continuously. Subhanak. We need to ask Allah that. So Allah wants us to be able to recognize that we need to ask Allah this. But we need to trust whatever is going to happen to us. Because Allah wants us to know that whatever is going to happen to you in this path of hidayah, it's only favors. It might seem uncomfortable. It might seem bad. But Allah has got greater rewards for us that we do not know of. Or greater things that Allah Ta'ala wants for us. May Allah grant us to be able to come to that level of understanding and appreciate. And then Allah says to us, غَيْرِ الْمَغْضُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ It must not be maghdub عَلَيْهِمْ and ضَالِينَ And I think, Mawlana, these two things need to be expounded for understanding. Where Allah Ta'ala wants us to understand that there is not only the du'a of looking at a positive, the positive of things. We also need to look at the positive and see how the negativities can probably affect and ask Allah to get away from the negativities. Mm-hmm. Allahumma ameen. Wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. Shukran to Sheikh so much. And may Allah preserve Sheikh and grant Sheikh excellent health inshallah that uh, Sheikh can continue to return with us uh, to do this program and many, many more programs inshallah. Mm-hmm. So much benefit that we have uh, received this evening. Shukran once again to our Honorable Sheikh and uh, until we speak once again and meet once again with our Sheikh. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.